I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. Today's beautiful episode, I got to have once again someone that I have quite a bit of respect and adoration for, Miss Esther Gokalay. Uh, Esther is the writer of Eight Ways to a Pain-Free Back. Uh, she's known from the New York Times as being, what do they call her, the, the guru of posture in Silicon Valley, something like that. Um, pretty amazing woman. She's lived all around the world, raised in India, has an impressive background in the world of, of movement and wellness and just putting these parts in our bodies back together in a more effective fashion. We get into all of that in this conversation, um, ways to address back pain, knee pain, uh, posture and body language from cultures around the world, and um, just really fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. Here's a little clip. This, all our ancestors carried stuff on their head, and they weren't just sitting there passively under the stuff. They were actually actively pushing up against it. So that's something worth doing, worth learning. If you guys feel called to take the five-day movement challenge, you can find that at aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. Also, you can find show notes and information on the guests on this podcast on there. Um, I wanted to read a quote from, this is, again, Alan Watts, same quote as last week, uh, not same quote, same book as last week, from the book on the taboo against knowing who you are. Um, This little excerpt starts a little bit like this, thus, the soul is not in the body but the body in the soul and the soul is the entire network of relationships and processes which make up your environment and apart from which you are nothing a scientific astrology if it could ever be worked out would have to be a thorough description of the individual's total environment social biological botanical meteorological and astronomical throughout every moment of his life that is Mr. Alan Watts doing it again. The soul is not in the body, but the body in the soul. Ponder, ponder, ponder. Thank you so much to Ample Meal for supporting this podcast. Ample Meal is somewhat of a meal replacement, uh, even though they don't recommend replacing meals. Um, they are a delicious bottle of various different fats from macadamia, coconut, um, probiotics, greens, alfalfa, spirulina, chlorella, all the good ones, um, and just really delicious bottle, easy, accessible, carry it around, throw some milk or water in there, shake it up, and you are good to go if you're on the run. Uh, get yourself 15% off on your Ample Meal purchase by going to amplemeal.com and utilizing the Align code, A-L-I-G-N. Thank you so much to Mr. Jason Blevins for uh, dropping us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, hit us up on social media at Align Podcast, and we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic Mushrooms of your choice. Thank you so much for that, man. really appreciate it. Anybody else, if we read your name off, your review or whatever, um, we will send you out some mushies. Really easy to leave reviews. You can do it on your cell phone, computer, what have you. Thanks for that. Um, thank you for those of you utilizing the Amazon affiliate link uh, on the right hand sidebar of the podcast page.
page at aligntherapy.com slash podcast. That kicks us down about 7% of your purchase, costs you nothing, and a great free way to support this podcast. All right, here we go. Back to the show with the the guru of posture, uh, Miss Esther Gokule. Align podcast. Yeah, so where the heck are we right now? We're in Seattle. <laughs> Contemplate it for a second. And this is like a little... Do you know when this town was built? We're sort of at the we're at University of Washington. We are. At Ancestral Health. And that's as much as I know about Good. this campus. <laughs> If anybody has a chance to come and check this place out, it feels like I'm like in like Renaissance, you know, somewhere in yeah, in like Brussels. Yeah, it's really like really fascinating. Little building town, building across from us, and really ornate rosary windows, very yeah. beautiful. It makes true. me want to be carrying like an old musty book. <laughs> Maybe maybe some of the sculptures have nice posture. Even I should take a close look. Yeah. I, mean, I usually have to go to Europe to find that. One of the things I was kind of thinking about actually on the way up here is I'm obviously barefoot right now. To me, it's just like, it's not like to prove a point or a statement or anything. It's really just, I feel a lot more comfortable being barefoot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a part of that was kind of the thought, <laughs> yeah, it's legit. Esther just felt my foot. My, your what cat. Are you, what do you, you think of that guy? It's pretty, pretty <laughs> thick leather there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we have some proper. Well, we can see where, where your weight bearing is happening. Tell me about it. Well, what are we what are we feeling in here? So we're analyzing uh, my foot. You certainly have quite a bit of weight falling on the on the pad in yeah. the front. Yeah. And I don't know if that's from the way you're standing or from the way you're walking. Right. But that that part of your foot has seen a lot of uh a lot of wear. Wear. Yeah, yeah. what about the left left foot? So right foot is Big time in the front, left foot. This is an old jujitsu injury from a couple few wow. days ago. Well, with similar, another podcast. I would say similar. Yeah. Um, it's pattern. It's kind of it's it's pretty amazing getting to just start to witness yourself that way. You know, I think so much of our lives we just kind of go through it, and you just you know whatever happens, it's in the past. But having those kind of those uh, kind of remnants of the past, you can see it in the calluses of your feet. You can see it in the formation of your body, the totally. shoulder girdle, the head. It's yeah. all kind of like whispers Yeah, I mean, past. that's what's been happening day in and day out, you know. You like for a, a photograph, you can sort of write, you know, straighten yourself up and do whatever you think is good posture or good. Right. What, but, you know, the body carries marks of what's been happening repeatedly hmm. and f- long term. Yeah. Um, and so in the neck, it's the neck creases. In the back, it's uh, the, the, the distribution of the vertebrae that you can actually palpate with your fingertips. In the feet, it's the calluses and the shape and the arches yeah. and so on. So that's fun. Is there any <clears throat> kind of like guideline? A question I get asked a lot is like, how do you know? You know, it's like, great, I see remnants of the past, and I see my forward head posture, the you know position of my foot in my sandals or whatever, or the beach. What's good? You know, is there some type of, like, audio explanation that we can kind of, like, where people can start with thinking yeah. about that? Um, and you're asking specifically about some part of the body? or yeah, sure. Because Let's there's start, a long feet, story for, for each part of the body, right? And right. for me, the bottom line is always... What do you observe in these ancestral populations, indigenous populations, young children? What common elements do you see 
in these populations that are worth emulating. I mean, mm. that's what, how I define normal and desirable. Mm. Um, I don't begin with a, a kind of engineering view of the body and with a theoretical construct because I think it's really easy to go wrong that way. Um, you, you can, it sounds right, but, you know, it's just not. Um, like, you can make arguments for why the feet should be parallel and point out ahead, but I can tell you I have 10,000 images and not a single person has their feet facing parallel in the populations that I'm looking at. Right. And that's plenty of reason for me to teach feet facing slightly out. Yeah. You know, I'm teaching people to mimic these populations. I'm not teaching people to follow my theories. My theories come sec are secondary to the observations <laughs> and the descriptions of what's going on with these populations. Yeah, and you see that with the feet facing slightly out, you'll tend to pour a little bit more weight into the big toe, right? So if, you're, if, you're, if your feet are all the way immediately rotated facing in, the tendency of that weight is going to be more to distribute like down the middle or maybe even more like the outside On of the it. Outside. But you'll feel something that a lot of people culturally, myself included, as of like recent, I've been kind of like bastardizing uh, pronation. You know, like so the mm -hmm. foot, if the foot has that like collapsed kind of pronation type mm -hmm. thing, it's like that's bad. You know, and then what we end up doing with that is we become kind of like supinated obsessed and we're always kind of... <laughs> Trying to, there so are we're always other, other fixes. You don't want to. You don't want to turn the foot to the outside. You want to reshape so as to reconstruct the foot. Hmm. So I describe a process I call kidney bean shaping the foot, right. and that tends to throw the weight to the outside, but doesn't have to. Yeah. And then you learn to adjust at the ankle so you're not walking on the outsides of your feet, but you still have your um, feet being shaped and and facing out, so kind of two separate things actually. Yeah. Which way they're facing and what the shape of them are. Yeah. And both need attention. Okay. And so for people, let's say the majority of people listening, probably maybe not by now. We've been for after two and a half years. If you've been listening, there might be something's changed. Hopefully, but assumably, probably have a lot of external rotations. So feet are kind of facing out to the side probably a lot of people's like arches are like collapsed in quotations. Is there any type of remedy or starting point for people to start working with that, like starting from the feet? Yeah, so I actually, in my courses, I like to very early on start working with the feet, but I only do it with people who I'm gonna see at least three times because <laughs> if I place the feet where I think is healthy and leave them after just one session they're just going to be confused they won't have very much idea how to get back there right. and it just becomes a negative you know it's like frustrating so i don't do that because it's not an easy thing to learn so there's so many things you could learn that if i have just one session or one time with someone that won't be it hmm. you know it'll be stretch sitting which is elongating the spine against a backrest of a chair. Yeah. It'll be, it could be stretch that? lying. What's, what, can you explain a little bit of that? Because people are like sure. sitting right now. Like what? Right. So, you know, all of us sit, you know, at some points in our lives, whether it's in a car or airplane, behind a computer, 
um, watching TV, you know, they're very full. And that time could be spent much more healthily by putting a little gentle traction in the spine. So instead of just leaning back against the backrest, one could elongate the spine, and that's a tricky thing to do because most people, when they think elongate, they stick out their chest and they're actually compressing their spine. They're doing the opposite. So it's counterintuitive for most people to elongate the back of their back body, as the yoga people like to say, rather than their front body. You know, we're much more in touch with our front body. And when we think length, we stick out our chest, we make our front taller, but at the expense of the back. So what people need to learn is how to truly elongate the back body, you know, the spine, the whole torso in the back. And then, um, and I, there are a couple of ways to do that. You know, one is like curving forward as though you're doing a little crunch. The other is by using your arms, you know, grabbing some part of the chair or pushing against the seat pan and separating the top of you from the bottom of you. Hmm. And then leaning back to find the something, you usually have to modify the backrest because backrests are poorly designed, they're slippery, they don't hold you. And we're looking to be held up. We're looking to get a bit of a boost. And so um, you could put something there that will grip you. And that could be as simple as a towel or a blanket. Um, people got annoyed with me bringing blankets and towels and they do slide, it's true. And then this, I got a lot of feedback, you should design something. And we did design something, which awesome. is our stretch sit cushion. And it has little sticky rubberized nubs sewn into it. And they're designed to have your back hooked to them. And now part of your weight is suspended from the nubs and your back is getting some sort of traction for all the time that you sit, which change switches sitting out from being a potentially damaging activity to something that's not only comfortable, but actually therapeutic. Yeah. Because a lot of people need length in their back. A lot of people have squished backs, squished discs, squished nerves, yeah. um, you know, one, one way or another, something's compressed back there. A lot of the back problems, and for some reason, they, a lot of them begin with the w letter S. You got stenosis and sciatica and scoliosis and spondylolisthesis and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it helps if you start out. I always teach my students project number one is length. It's like preparing the clay. And here's a really easy way to do it that takes one second after you've learned and gives you potentially hours of benefit. Mm. And when you say compression in the spine, uh, what happens as we kind of do that like military, like chest up exactly. position, you might be kind of starting the process of, of asking for thoracic extension, but what we end up doing is we end up just compressing our lumbar spine. Exactly. Right? It's it results in lumbar lordosis, yeah. an arched back, a sway back, and tons of people have some degree of that. Way more people than realize um, because what is described as a normal amount of lumbar curvature, in my view, is actually already too much. Hmm. 
you know, this, this S-shaped spine that is described as a normal human shape, I believe is actually a distortion. I teach a J-spine where there's a significant amount of curvature down low. The behind is sh behind. Would that be the lumbar curve or is that? Um, it's L5-S1. Huh. So it's between the lumbar uh, spine and the sacrum, very low. It's where babies have their bums out, yeah. where all the indigenous people have their bums. If you look at my book, there's a beautiful picture of two Ubang tribesmen, absolutely gorgeous, with very juicy, muscular bums, quite developed and definitely out behind them. And I t tell my students, it's called a behind for a reason. Yeah. It's meant to be out behind you. Yeah. And then up above, there's not a lot of curve. And this is where I disagree with conventional wisdom that puts lumbar support in the ergonomic chairs, right. um, lumbar rolls. You I know. put them in the thoracic spine, personally. So I put like a bottle between, like right between like the hunchback, essentially. And then you can pull your butt cheeks back in the corner of the seat yeah. and start working with kind of like cultivating the J-spine in a way. Yeah, so, you know, uh, wow, you're hardcore. I li <laughs> literally, I like a little more comfort. Yeah. Um, something to accommodate the different curvatures that people have. So my cushion is quite soft. Yeah, I'm thinking like traveling. Like I have yeah, my yeah. water so bottle, so know, I'll just throw it back there on the plane. So I, I, in a pinch like that, I'll usually look for something a bit softer. I have been known to put my shoe back there. Me too. That's how yeah. I put both my shoes. <laughs> right here, I had them both <laughs> at a, at there. a very uncomfortable cinema seat. Yeah. So whatever, to get a little lift um, so that you're not suffering the shape that the chair designer thought you should have. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with uh, another girl today we were doing a podcast interview for her thing and one of the things we were talking about is just like the origination of the shape of chairs mm -hmm. like where that came from mm -hmm. you know it's like katie bowman talks about you know like casts you know like there's like this cultural cast that we're in where we're totally. supposed to move in a certain way yeah and then that's kind of transcends into the shape of our furniture and totally. kind of solidifies it totally so, you know, like the Mies van der Rohe chair that was first um, demonstrated in the World's Fair in Barcelona, I believe, hmm. in the beginning of the 20th century, is the f one of the early chairs that does this tuck thing, you know, that we now have in every kid's ch umbrella stroller. Yeah. You know, where you're supposed to dis make disappear your behind. Right. And it's just very unhealthy molding or casting, like you said. Yeah, car seats are the same car way. Car seats, baby infant car seats are the worst. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It is absolutely like literally. crazy. Once you have the <laughs> eyes to see. I mean, we are literally training our infants to self-destruct. Yeah. It is totally crazy. Huh. One day we're going to look back and scratch our heads and think, what? On earth were we thinking? So is How there could we not see that this makes no sense? Is there any bright side to what we've done with furniture, or is it purely malicious? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really asked it's myself this rare, question. <laughs> it's a rare chair, and then it's by chance that it happens to catch you in a place so you can elongate your spine on it. Now, you know, that said, 
if you know what you're doing with your body, you can almost you can make almost any furniture work. Like here yeah. I am, I'm kind of perching on the front edge of this chair. It's yeah. not what the designer had in mind, but I, I it it works. Right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it allows me to stack it. Yeah. Um, so knowledge goes a long way. Can I take a little video of you stack sitting? <laughs> as, as you know, we go? I don't like. To no. teach this people, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because if someone out there has an L5-S1 disc problem, this would be a really bad way to start. Mm. This is like a bad beginning. You okay. first want to lengthen. Mm. And then it's like preparing the clay. And then you proceed to do some remodeling. Mm. So I, it, there's a downside. You know, if you just suppose you have a bulging disc or even a herniated disc like I had, and then you put your bum back, you could pinch off the herniation and cause a sequestrated disc. This is not a good thing. Hmm. You know, I had it. Yeah. I came at this the hard way. And so I don't like to begin people. If you want to take a video of me stretch sitting, no problem, because yeah, yeah, I sure. feel like that's safe. Um, people can do it. Yeah. W- if they do it gently, they won't be doing harm. Could we do a stretch sitting video here? Sure, we can. As we're, and as I we're talking will, about I it. don't have my stretch sit cushion, and we these are not the great chairs. But I'm gonna, but so figuring I'm out gonna, just from a place. Uh, use my ch- uh, sandal here. Yeah. How's that? All right. Just pretend I'm in a cinema, and this chair is not cooperating, and so I'm going to stick it behind me, so it gives me something that I can stick to, yeah. and I'm going to come away, and curve forward a little bit, and I'm going to hoist the top of me away from the bottom of me and then I'm going to glue myself to the backrest and then I'm going to relax. See and now part of my weight is hanging from this backrest and I can roll open my shoulders Right. and now I've got some traction. It feels great and it's actually resetting any little muscle tensions that I may have accumulated over the day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I love that. And then so that, so you'd say, and that, that video, uh, that will be, I'll put that up on the, on sure. the Instagram slash totally. Facebook, all that stuff. But um, so you would start people from there. So thinking majority of people, you could pretty much say are, and please disagree, but have the tendency of being a little bit like hyper kyphotic, like being kind of rolled forward. So you would start with the conversation of decompressing through that part of the spine. Whether they're kyphotic C-shape, let's say, or they've taken their parents' recommendations to heart or to body, and they're S-shaped. Yeah, compensating. Or they're older people, and they've sort of melted into themselves over the year and lost an inch or two or three or five. Yeah. Any of those cases, it's a good place to start to add some length. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter where they're coming from. Length is going to be a good thing. And then from there... And from there, phase two, I like to teach them strengthening things. And then we begin the remodeling. Where are we strengthening? Uh, Various places in the body. So deep in the abs, deep in the back. The glutes are very important. The feet are very important. Um, the neck, the longest coli muscles, you know, so this all our ancestors carried stuff on their head and yeah. they weren't just sitting there passively under the stuff. They were actually actively pushing up against it. So that's something worth doing, worth learning, not because we're going to carry stuff on our head anytime soon, 
but because it also um, gives length and space for all the cervical discs and nerves. Very delicate area there. Yeah. And so that's an important one. Um, so it's a bunch of muscles that can use a little oomph. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, you. one of the things you mentioned in, in your book that I, I it's been like over year, year and a half or so since I read it, but was, but, uh, it was the puck-shaped uh, discs as you go up through like thoracic into cervical territory as opposed to in the lumbar slash like S1, L5 territory you're talking about. It's a little bit more of like a wedge, wedge correct. shape through there. L5, S1 in our species is wedge-shaped. Okay. And when we tuck the pelvis, we're loading that disc and risking it, I think. And when we do crunches, we're doing the same. And when you do cat-cow, the cow thing, when you're tucking your pelvis with a bunch of force, if that disc is fragile, which you know a lot of us have fragile discs, then I think it's courting problems. Yeah. You know, because we we have only twenty some layers of external fibrous material in our discs, and if we keep putting stress on them, then they wear away, and then you've only got a few layers, and next thing you know, you got a herniated disc, and that's where I was in my mid twenties. So it's this is not a theoretical thing for me. Yeah. You know, I it was it's a horrible experience that I don't wish on anyone. And the fragility is a product of lack of organization, I think. You know, I like think. Any you repeat, individual part. like the way we bend is a major offense to all of our discs because most people round and now you're loading every disc yeah. in the rounded shape, right? right? L5S1, all the lumbars. Thoracic ones don't get into trouble so much because you got ribs there and that fortifies the whole structure so it's rare for people to have disc herniations in the thoracic spine cervical discs suffer but from a different reason it's yeah. because we round and then we don't want to look at the floor so we look out ahead and now we got all those cervical discs squished yeah. so they're getting worn and torn so yeah it's important that people learn to put better length and better shape into yeah. all the discs spaces wanted to take a brief moment and thank sun warrior for supporting this podcast they are in my opinion the most delicious vegan protein that i've found um, they are raw sprouted and fermented for increased bioavailability and general deliciousness um, i hope you guys enjoy that stuff grab yourself 15 percent off on any purchase at sunwarrior.com and then throw in the align code at checkout and get yourself 15 percent off all right thank you guys so much for listening here we go back to the show you're familiar with tensegrity models, assumably. Uh, I didn't hear. Tensegrity models, Buckminster Fuller. Oh, yeah, yeah, tensegrity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's who, like the Rolfers and the fascia yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, so that's that's the spine, that's the pelvis, that's all the connected tissue in the body. Like, the spine by itself yeah. can only support something like 20 pounds of weight before you'd end mm -hmm. up damaging it if it was just the spine by itself. Yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden you you integrate that tensegrity yeah. and all those those guy wires you know supporting totally. off of each other. Now we can start supporting 500 pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, if yeah. there's a disorganization there, then all of a sudden, yeah, that, totally. that tension network. Yeah, I mean it's amazing that it itself. works at all. 
Yeah. And, and, yeah. and to me, um, you know, with distor- the kind of distortions that people put in their necks, for example, those are very delicate structures. I'm just amazed that we aren't severing our nerves left and right, you know, yeah. that our bodies get away with as much mischief as we subject them right. to is very amazing. Um, it's a good thing we have pain because otherwise I think we just merrily proceed to sever everything. Totally. Um, so pain makes people take stock of the situation and look around for something a little more sensible. Yeah. I've thought about pain. I've kind of like reshaped my perspective on pain as being like a dance partner. Ah, I like it. You know, so oh, it's you like... picked up my... Like as I've always said, pain is your friend. But dance is my favorite activity. So Perfect. now you've given me a new yeah, phrase. I love Good. it. <laughs> you know, so you have that thing to work with. You totally. have that feedback of like, okay, totally. there you are, buddy. Like, all right, let's 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 figure you out. Like, I know you want some attention. Like, let's sort it out. As yeah. opposed to it being this nagging. That you want to shut up at any cost. Yeah, to shut and up. And if you can't figure it out, sure, you want to shut it up. But give it a chance. Try to listen to it. Try it because it's it's trying to give you a message. It's nature evolved this mechanism yeah. over millions of years to let us know that hey you want to buddy do something different yeah. <laughs> you know don't just give me a a band-aid you know listen and figure this out are you familiar with john sarno mind over yeah, back pain all that absolutely stuff? what are your thoughts on like psychosomatic I do have a lot of thoughts, and occasionally I will send a student to that book when I feel like, you know, their issue is largely psychological, but that's a rare thing because I believe that there are nuts and bolts in there that need attention, you know, and it's not right to leave it all to the brain, to the mind, to fix everything. Yeah, sure, minds are amazing. Some people's minds have been trained to override all kinds of problems, you know. They yeah. don't feel pain at all, you know. They can just, but I don't think that's the right approach. I think you want to do it all. Hmm. You want to l- consider your psychological health, and wha- and but you also want to pay attention to the nuts and bolts in there. Right. Knee pain is something that sometimes can be very elusive to people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, from like you mentioned rolfing, like from a rolfing perspective, a lot of times it would be like, look at the feet. What's happening in the feet? You know, what's the foundation mm-hmm. before you get to that? that mm-hmm. the, the I do like to knee. use the feet to access the knee, actually. Okay. But keep going. Well, that's the question. Just, just curious, your perspective. Like people have like nagging knee. I can't figure this There's out. There's so many everything. things to consider. I mean, these are the things that I look at. I look at the or, or organization of the uh, the leg, internal, external rotation, which I influence by the shape of the foot. I look at the front to back, like whether it's locking or not. I look at how the person is walking. Very, very important. Mm. You know, like, are they landing on a straight leg mm-hmm. with no cushioning from the muscles? Or are they landing uh, uh, on a bent knee where there's muscle cushion? Yeah? Then are they landing heavily because they're not using their glutes at all? Or their gluteus medius anyway? Or are they landing lightly because they have nice tone and in the glute meat and that muscle is clued in to its job. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and it keeps going. 
you know how are they standing are they locking their knees and they're groin forward um, is the blood supply to the knee being cut off at the groin level because they're yeah. parking their hips forward um, is the blood uh, the nerve supply to the knees adequate from the lower back or is there so much arch in the low back that every nerve there is compromised and not just the knees but the hips the feet the entire leg is compromised right. in its function so I look at a lot of things yeah how about locking the knees that's something that you'll see sometimes in like I a mean lot. it's avoided yeah so is there a time to lock the knees is that always a no-no is that uh, I mean I'm not gonna say it should never be done but it shouldn't be part of the hab yeah. habitual it's n it doesn't have a role to play in a habitual position you know if you want to do a dance and somehow lock knee as part of the expression of the moment right. go for it you know your body would like to be resilient enough to take that small level of uh, outlier kind of positions but if you are every time you stand in line you're locking your knees there's a problem yeah yeah and so yeah we you in general in my the go clay method we like to talk about using the muscle sparing the joints yeah and it also limits your options you know when you lock the joint yeah, out then you're not really available right. for so something sudden happens and you're kind of locked in place unavailable to the sport of life is how i like to put it yeah so you're training yourself from a backed up against the wall position essentially you know, whereas yeah. if you unlock it just a little bit, either then I have that exactly. ability to come back. Totally. You know, yeah. Do you have kids? I have three children, and ask me as much as you want about them because I can talk about them all Great. day. <laughs> One With of those so terrible moms. So some of the please show me pictures of your kids. <laughs> um, well, so they're <laughs> big now. They are 30, 25, and 22. Oh, cool. I'm 30. Oh, all same, right. You could be my oldest. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> cool. Uh, so with one of the, some of the images I thought were really profoundly beautiful in, in the book was the, I don't know, it would be called like swaddling or something, but like the holding up of the baby around yeah. like with like a sling and it was supporting yeah. the thoracic spine. It was like yep. molding. Yep, yep, totally. The sweet little baby's body. You know, with each baby I learned more. Yeah. You know, when I, I, I my Troubles began when I was pregnant with my first one. And so for the first f few years of her life, we didn't know what we were doing. We all the pictures in the front of my book of people carrying their babies poorly. That's me and my husband carrying our oldest. We didn't know better. Right. But And then that I had severe problems. And it wasn't until I got rid of those problems and really understood what happened to my body and how not to make it happen again that I felt confident enough to have child number two and three. Mm. What yeah. happened to your body? I had an L5-S1 major herniation. Oh. Horrible. This was the mid-20s disc herniation? Yes. Okay. So it started nine when I was nine months pregnant. It became worse and worse and worse through my oldest daughter's first year. She had to become very independent very early. Wow. And my mother-in-law had to come and bail us out. It was a horrible, horrible trauma really so you were immobilized practically no or? but i was you know i just had horrible pain every night i would have to wake up every two hours walk around the block to get out of severe muscle spasm hmm. um and then i would sleep a little bit and then i would again wake up and have to walk and i didn't want to take pain meds because i was nursing my baby so it was bad 
and I was trying all kinds of things. And what was I helpful? What stands nothing. out? Nothing. Surgery oh, was helpful. I, and I did really? not come to that easily, let me tell you. I yeah. was not one of those running off to the surgeon. You know, I, but what do you do when you're in agony mm. and nothing's working? And it's a huge herniation. And so I did my research. Laminectomy, discectomy seemed to be like pretty good success rate and not too damaging, not like fusion. And so I went for it and I had some relief. But then within a year, I had the same disc re-herniated and they wanted to do another back surgery. So this was really not looking good. Wow. And it was around that time that I got into this other way of I learned from other techniques and I developed this conviction that it really was the way I was using my body rather than I'm missing some bland-aid approach that I need to hunt around for. Right. In any case, you know, by doing all these things that I now teach, it completely cleared up my problem. I didn't never needed the second surgery. And I've been told not to have any more kids because I have bulging discs and problematic back and so on. And after I learned all these things and understood what was going on, I felt very confident, and I've had zero problems. It's been over 20 years, zero, zero. No aches, no pains, no twinges, no nothing. And I've carried two kids, and I learned how to cross-country ski with Nathan on my back. And cool. And, and then, of course, they got the benefit of all the additional knowledge, you know, like they got held well, they got carried well, they got, you know, they learned movement vocabulary right. that was very sound and... To me, one of the mm, interest there are two very interesting aspects to this, I think, observing my kids. And one is what it's done to their athlete, inner athlete, you could say, which just dumbfounds me and my husband because we have no great athletic skill. And kid number two and kid number three have both played on Team USA, Ultimate Frisbee, cool. Nathan four times. They've both been captain of national winning teams, international winning teams. It's very, and see, that's the other aspect is sort of the natural uh, being comfortable in their skin, sort of unleader leaders um, at a very young age. I like you know? that unleader leader. I've never yeah, heard that I think that's how they would be described. Certainly Nathan is not, you know, like loud or. Yeah overtly charismatic but people respect him and he has some kind of gravity yeah I'd, I'd talk a lot about the 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 angle of the golf club when it contacts the ball mm. you know and so it's those subtle little things as you're cultivating that movement vocabulary you know that you might not think about because it's no big deal it's just hinging at the hips a little bit you know whatever but at a young age yeah that's your honing in the angle of of contact Yep. You know, and then when they're 16, 18, 20, 30, whatever, all of a sudden now you're seeing the angle, the, the trajectory of the ball really come out. Mm -hmm. you Interesting. Know, I, you know, and I think nice, it, nice analogy. Yeah, thank you. And so, and so it's, it's, it's interesting, I think, when s modern people, we see a lot more slices and hooks or whatever the terms are with golf. And we're like, how do we unslice? How do we unhook? Mm -hmm. You know, can we come back to the golf ball angle analogy still? And mm -hmm. I say yes. It's just not going to be the mm -hmm. same as if you learned this when you were like five. Correct. It's never too late. But it is very nice when, like Manisha, our youngest, doesn't have to think about it at all. Right. She just hip hinges. That's her way of bending. Yeah. You know, and she did that 
as a soccer goalie and now she does it as a frisbee player and it's just really beautiful very athletic her shoulders are back and you know that gives my nathan has very good wingspan they call it in frisbee you know the shoulders are really open yeah and so it gives some advantages hmm. helps that he's six foot five too yeah. but he's really known for being a good mark and having agility and so on that's unusual for his lanky frame i want to congratulate you that's like <laughs> that's like really seriously it's cool it's a big deal i have to confess i am <laughs> extremely proud <laughs> of this achievement <laughs> i i absolutely can't take too much credit but credit. i can take some credit yeah, you can take some credit and does and he appreciate it is he yeah, like this is right yeah, you, totally. you hooked up my biology yeah. mom you know, and <laughs> I, they were all trained to be teachers, actually, of my method. Um, Manisha is going to do it full time. Cool. The youngest. She just finished Stanford. She, computer science major. But she wants to do what she's passionate about. And she decided this is something she's passionate about at this point in her life more than being a coder. So so Lucky what's me. the what's the evolution of the method look like for your kids then when you're not around anymore? What do you do? You, is there any kind of vision of what you think the direction of of things will go, or do you think it'll stay? You know, we have sixty teachers around the world, and these we have been very lucky in the quality of people we've attracted. Like yeah. we have not done it in a very markety fashion. It's been people who took the course who were compelled by the results and the logic and the beauty and the multifaceted nature of it and um, just could not not do it, yeah, you know? Right. And so it's, and we ask that people have healing background, wellness. Yeah, we have all kinds, physicians, chiropractors, massage therapists, yoga teachers, where a variety of people, but they have that kind of background. Usually, although I don't make a strict rule of it either, we have three teachers who are among our best and they don't have that background, but they were willing to really uh, study and do whatever they needed to do to become excellent mm. and they get the same results that all the rest of us do and so um, these people are contributing you know we have a, it's and I'll take credit for having set the whole framework of the method well because it has we have ongoing obligations to interact with each other very densely like cool. we meet every year i travel to three locations to make it easier for the teachers to be there yeah. we meet every year for a weekend to hone the hands-on skills and inspire each other we meet online every month to learn new material and we meet in a in a chat area a water cooler we call it several times a day often hmm. so we're discussing cases we're discussing uh, new theories you know we well it just it keeps it very the vitality is very very good yeah and so i feel lucky that i made the rules that i did because you can't make these rules after the fact yeah you know imposing restrictions after people have been recruited doesn't work yeah so they were these rules were in place this is what we do this is what the, how the method is defined 
for the rest of your life as a GoClay Method teacher, you will be meeting every month online and you will be meeting in person every year. Cool. And, so, and we are in con connection with each other constantly. That's great. So it keeps the quality very, very good. Yeah, that's important. And for people, we'll wrap up here pretty soon because I have to teach a thing here in a sure. minute. You probably have some stuff, some alignment. I might you have your thing do. to go to. Oh, you might have to go to my <laughs> thing, right? Exactly. You might have a workshop to go to. Um, but with with the 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 method, would it be like if someone comes into a class for the first time, what do they end up? What do they expect? So we have free workshops so that people can check out the teacher, check out the theory, you know, talk to the teacher, you know, what do you think about my, they can be a demo model and, f you know, see how it goes, the hands-on work and so on. And they will get something very valuable. We are very generous with, the, the, uh, with our open workshops. And then we have a six-lesson course that is sort of the... I don't want to say meat and potatoes in this paleo setting, but it's the <laughs> basics, yeah? Yeah. Of the of the work. And the book is the textbook. So they're learning stretch sitting and stack sitting and stretch lying on the side and on the back and inner corset and tall standing, hip hinging and glide walking and all of these techniques. Cool. And it's in six lessons, so there's no fluff. No, it can be done as intensively as in a weekend, or it could be spread out once a week for six weeks. Right. But that is, that our goal is to reach that course to everybody. Yeah, you know, I'd love to take it at some point. Is it's it, it very LA? worthwhile. It's Will it be around LA anytime? Pardon me? Will it be in LA anytime? Yeah, we have teachers who teach in LA. We okay. Some of our teachers travel around. We have teachers who are um, close cool. to LA, so yeah. Sweet. Um, strongly encourage everybody to take that course. Yeah. I mean, I really can't imagine living life without that knowledge. It's like it's you huge. don't want to live life without knowing how to read, write, and arithmetic, right? Um, and this is that basic. Awesome. I love it. How do people learn more? How do people find the The, the website is goclaymethod.com. That's G-O-K-H-A-L-E method.com and that's hard to remember so go people go yeah it's pronounced it's pronounced go clay but yeah. it's spelled gokale gokale yeah. yeah it's a very it's quite a famous name in india so i can't mess with it and but sometimes people find me just looking posture guru the new york times called me the posture guru mm. of silicon valley so if you remember esther posture or posture guru you'll find it and then my book is eight steps to a pain-free back cool. and that's on amazon and all over Great. yeah and i i uh highly recommend people getting the book even if you don't know how to read the photos are just are awesome we have over yeah. 1100 images and we also have it in pdf on our website so cool. people are welcome to get that version sweet thank you so much for your time I appreciate it's it. It's a pleasure. This is so beautiful, getting to sit here in front of the cathedral <laughs> thing and talk about talk about spines. All right, over now. Alignment.
Online Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you, Ample Meal, for supporting this podcast. Ample Meal is a bottle of deliciousness. It's a comprehensive full meal designed to provide quality fuel when you don't have time to sit down and make a sandwich or whatever you're into. Uh, really good stuff. Just throw some water in there, and it's got fats from macadamia, coconut, chia seeds. It's got wheatgrass, barley grass, chlorella, various types of fiber, probiotics. Really good stuff. Get yourself 15% off using the Align code at amplemeal.com, and uh, A-L-I-G-N is the code 15% off on that purchase. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. If you want to support what we are doing and you are digging it, um, one thing you can do is you can jump onto aligntherapy.com and grab yourself an Align band, which is a heavy duty resistance band and a door anchor and um, comes with an instructional video guide and breakdown decompression of those joints, self-care stuff, exercise stuff. It's great. Um, some free things that you guys can do, one of which would be, as we mentioned, utilizing the Amazon affiliate link. Top hand, right hand corner of the podcast page and uh, just bookmark that thing. Anytime you purchase crap on Amazon, we get about 6 or 7% of that. Costs you nothing. And um, also, you could jump on to audibletrial.com slash align and get yourself a free audible audio book and a free month subscription. Costs you absolutely nothing and kicks us down some, some scratch. Um, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate your support and uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for tuning in. Wouldn't be possible without you. And look forward to seeing you next week.